You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined by my guy Rocky Magania. Rocky, uh, for a second consecutive week, we are here talking about a losing effort for the Kansas City Chiefs. There's reason to worry here. Like, I don't come out of today's game saying, you know, it's totally gone off the rails the the bottoms falling out on this team obviously one and two not a good way to start the season but if we're being totally honest the chiefs deserve to lose this football game today in a lot of ways they just did not look like they had it in them from the start you can't turn the football over four times and expect to win especially for, against an ascending los angeles chargers team with their own superstar rookie quarterback who looked really good today. This is maybe the biggest win of Justin Herbert's young career. So we got a lot to talk about tonight, and we might catch up with Pete Sweeney out at Arrowhead Stadium here in a little bit. If we can, we'll try to bring you guys the live post-game press conferences with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, see if we can hear from them at some point. But we got to start with the offense. You just, Rocky, you, you simply can't turn the football over four times and expect to win a football game in the NFL. No, definitely not. And especially when your defense is coming off of the performances that it's had, you can't put your defense in that position with just giving the ball back to the chargers. Each time you have the ball, the first three drives, I mean, it's, it's inexcusable. It's not something that we're used to with this offense, but it's what happened today. And I mean, I'm almost at a loss for words for what we watched today. It was not a good showing by the Chiefs. Yeah, and we actually have the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney, with us right now. He's live from Arrowhead Stadium. Pete, another losing effort from the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, it's disappointing, but honestly, mm -hmm. the Chiefs just did not look good from the start of the game. You can't turn the football over three consecutive times to start a football game. And Patrick Mahomes with another just poor interception at a very bad time in the football game this week. Uh, what's your instant reaction after the Chiefs fall to one and two? Yeah, Steve, this uh, was a team that we, I think, realistically were thinking could go 20 and 0. So now to have two losses at the beginning of the season, you're one and two, and then all of a sudden you're um, last place in the AFC West. It's, it's, it's shocking in a sense. And we're just seeing uncharacteristic play uh, from the Chiefs. They don't usually turn the football over like this. Um, when Patrick Mahomes gets the ball in his hands with two minutes and 14 seconds, that usually turns into a miraculous victory for Kansas City. To me, that the key play of the game was that interception by Mahomes. It was a messy game uh, as a whole, but it was that moment where he was trying to find Travis Kelsey, as we've seen so many times before, that mind melt thing that we talk about. And um, it, it just seems like he maybe um, got a little bit too um, hyped up at, at that last throw. And, and it looked like Kelsey might have a chance of it at, at the football, but just completely uncharacteristic, just not what we're used to seeing from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and the he had several misfires today where right. it seemed like he was drifting a little bit too much into the pocket. He just was off target. And for a second consecutive week, Tyreek Hill was very quiet today. The Chiefs still struggling to get Tyreek Hill to football. And something that we talked about all offseason was their lack of a second wide receiver option. Yeah. And that felt like it was never more apparent than today with them struggling to get Tyree kill the ball once again. Yeah, I thought Hardman had a better day. If you're looking for some bright sides, I thought Hardman had a better day. I thought Clyde Edwards-Elair had a much better day. But I think 
what is the major message right now is like the Chargers are right there with the Chiefs, especially I think they're they're the most um, close to the Chiefs in the entire division because of Justin Herbert. And when teams are getting close like this, where the Raiders are improved, the Broncos are improved. I'm a, I'm, I'm a big believer more so in the Chargers than those other two teams. You just can't be making mistakes to hurt yourself um, because then you're going to be on, on the opposite side looking in. And, and I think the, the parity in the NFL is, is always something that you keep in mind. Mistakes are going to kill you. And I think we're, we're seeing a team that has found a way over the years now for Mahomes to magically fix everything. And sometimes you just run out of time, and that's what happened at Arrowhead. And before we let you get out of here, Pete, the defense did have a couple of moments today. They finally got that red zone stop. So if we're trying to find right. one positive coming out of this game, how do you feel about the defensive performance despite a uh, losing effort? Wasn't good um, in the red zone up to that point. They had allowed three more of those red zone opportunities turning into a touchdown, but it seemed like that was going to be the story, right? Finally, they got this stop in the red zone. They were able to get Patrick Mahomes the football back, and the Chiefs were going to end up victorious again with a lot of things to work on. Uh, during the week, but it just wasn't to be, uh, like I said, completely uncharacteristic to see um, the interception from Patrick Mahomes in that spot. So many times we've just seen him will the team to victory. And um, like, like I said, when you're allowing this many red zone touchdowns, when you're making all those mistakes, you're stacking it up against yourself. And so I think if the Chiefs just clean up their game, clean up their football, they'll get right back to their winning ways. It's just this, these problems are coming at the beginning of the season. And so for the first time in a really long time, you look up and, and it's below 500. It's just hard to fathom right now in Kansas City. All right, Pete, thanks for joining us. We'll let you get downstairs. I know you got the post-game press conferences. Make sure you're locked into what we're doing uh, ever, after, the, after the game, uh, yeah. immediately following everything that we've got at arrowheadpride.com. We'll talk to you soon, Pete. All right, Steve. Yeah, Rocky, so I, I want to stick with the offense here for a little bit and what we just talked with Pete about with that second wide receiver position, because that was something that we talked about all off season long. Now me in particular, I was partial to them trying to draft a wide receiver. Now they decided to do that in the fifth round and wound up releasing him. He didn't even make the team. So that was kind of a, a, a wasted pick there but we're seeing this pop up again and again where in years past when sammy watkins was on the field and healthy it was tyree kill and travis kelsey seem like they are a, a total unstoppable force and travis kelsey is still that dude he is still totally unguardable had over 100 yards today still the most consistent option for patrick mahomes in this offense but tyreek was quiet again and i don't know if he is a little banged up you know, he went to the sidelines for a little bit today to get checked out, but ultimately came back into the game. It's just that teams have seemingly figured out, all right, well, if we can just double Tyreek, just make sure we got one deep safety who's dedicated to Tyreek not blowing past the cornerback one-on-one, then we can eliminate that part of the game for the Chiefs, and it drastically changes how they play offense and the way that they approach things. Like, I, I don't know if this team's got an answer right now at wide receiver, it's, you know, Tyreek Hill's going to have big games in the future and that's inevitable because he's a special player, but teams realize like, okay, well, we can't do anything about Travis Kelsey, but if we slow Tyreek down, that changes the chief's offense. Yeah. And I think when you saw the game start, it's almost like Andy Reid came out trying to make a point with this whole wide receiver two by committee approach. And Patrick Mahomes threw the ball to 10 different people today, and you saw the start of the game. It looked almost like a traditional West Coast offense where a lot of crosses across the middle, a lot of short passes, and he was throwing to everybody on the team. You know, you had Jody Fortson, you know, involved. You had D-Rob. You had everything, and then the, the plan was – it was it was going well until the guy who took the roster spot of Cornell Powell, Powell, uh, excuse me, Marcus Kemp. You know, it's the pass is a little bit behind him, but if you're an NFL wide receiver, that's a that's a catch you have to make, and that was an absolute dagger right off the bat. You know, and if you have a traditional wide receiver too that you can trust, you're not having to spread the ball around to ten different guys, and you're not you know find yourself in a situation where a guy who's never had an opportunity before is put in a situation where he has to make a catch or else, you know, you put yourself in the hole right off the bat. So, I mean, I don't, I I'm with you. I think 
they should have addressed it in the offseason, and it's an issue that still needs to be addressed because we don't currently have the answer on this roster. Yeah, and I'm seeing a lot of people in the comments right now who are upset with the pass interference call at the end of the game, and you can gripe about that if you want, but as far as I'm concerned, what we saw from that team today the Kansas city chiefs didn't really deserve to win this football game. It it was a good game by an up and coming team in the Los Angeles chargers. And they lost one of their key players on defense and Derwin James, who left the game with the shoulder injury. And then Joey Bosa's out there playing injured and he was giving Mahomes problems all day. And it was apparent, as I mentioned, Patrick Mahomes just looked off target. He had a lot of bad footballs today. And obviously you you're waiting for him to do something miraculous each and every week because he's done it so many times over and over again throughout his career, but you can't continue to play that way. Like inevitably that's going to catch up to you and it's starting to catch up to the chiefs. Now I'm not going to sit here and say that they're the worst team in the AFC West or something like that, because I just don't believe that to be true. I think there's still plenty of time and room for them to figure this thing out and settle down a little bit. But I do think that what we are seeing here early in the season is that all of the offensive line overhaul, the defensive depth that we were so high on head in the season, especially along the defensive line, isn't exactly as talented as we thought it was. It isn't as deep as we thought it was. And so we can transition to the defense now Yeah, they got their first stop in the red zone, uh, as you mentioned, but part of it was because of a penalty. Uh, So really, they're 11 of 12 on giving up touchdowns in the red zone this season. Still not a good statistic, but I mean, I guess you're happy that you got your first one, right? (laughs) Like you just, I mean, the first one, hopefully it translates to more. I mean, yeah, but that first one with only the first one because the Chargers shot themselves in the foot on an illegal shift. That was a touchdown run by Roundtree the third on that play. I mean, and they continue, the Chiefs continue to make errors at egregious times. I mean, yeah, pe- people are upset about the Baker P.I. call late in the, late in the game, but you go back to to um, the Jerry Sneed's P.I. call, I mean, that he had on a crucial down where the ball was uncatchable. You can't make that error in that in that situation. That was an absolute, you know, that was that was an error that they kept the drive alive and they ended up scoring on that drive, if I'm if I remember correctly. I mean, and you look at this this defense, and last week they said a lot of it was effort and assignment football and manning up and just beating your guy. And I don't think effort was an issue was was the issue today, you know. And so I don't think effort is the issue with this defense. It it may be a talent issue at this point, and it may be that the guys who we spent money on to put on the field are either not producing or they're not on the field. In the in with with Frank Clark, um, I thought that Chris Jones looked very uncomfortable at defensive end for a second straight week. He was slow getting off the ball, and if you watched his hand fighting, it was very inactive. There was times where he never used his hands at all when trying to get past the tackle. He he was just a non-factor for a second straight week, and you can't have that. Well, I, I want to stick with Chris Jones there for a second. Uh, you mentioned his hand fighting, and maybe that wrist injury that he was battling headed into the football game uh, that had him with the questionable tag leading up to the game, maybe that's really affecting what he feels like he can do right now as far as that part of his game goes, because that's not something you usually got to worry about with him. So this is concerning from a pass rush standpoint with all the money that you have invested in the defensive line. We were hyping Chris Jones up headed into the season as a defensive player of the year candidate. And, you know, maybe that was the media. Maybe that was the fans hyping it up. But we were hearing a lot of that. From Chiefs camp, you know, coming out of training camp, how he was looking better than he's ever looked before. And maybe he is truly banged up. But when he's the only dude that you can rely on, it's a lot easier for teams to kind of take him out of the football game. And maybe it is just hurting him, bouncing from the outside to the inside and and moving around and them trying to utilize him that way. And maybe he does just need a more stationary spot. But... This defense is getting paid too much money to not produce like that. There's just 
a huge problem up front right now. And they didn't give up a ton of rushing yards today like they did against the Baltimore Ravens last week. But they still had issues there, especially in the screen game where it seemed like Austin Eckler all day long, just those swing passes to the sidelines. Oh, Eckler's wide open again. Another nine-yard gain, first down. Like, it just seemed like the Chargers were doing that whenever they wanted all day long. And a lot of that has to do with the Chiefs' lack of athleticism at the linebacker position. And I've talked to you a little bit about it, Rocky. This idea that Willie Gay is going to be the fix-all for this defense is scary to me. Because, listen, I want Willie Gay to be just as good as any Chiefs fan out there. And I think that he can be, and I think that he's much more athletic than the other linebackers that they're trotting out right now. But he's also never started a football game. He's also hurt right now, and we still haven't really gotten a lot of clarity on whether or not he's going to be available when he's eligible to return from IR next week. But it can't just be that Willie Gay is going to be the guy that fixes everything for this team. They got problems all over the place. No, 100%. And, yeah, Willie Gay will get Ben Neiman off the field. And I thought you saw, especially early on in the screen game today, uh, Ben Neiman was able to diagnose the play pretty quickly, but he just couldn't get to the spot. I mean, it's the same thing we've seen with Ben Neiman, you know, every time he's been on the field, you know, in a Chiefs uniform. Um, But going back to Chris Jones really quick for a moment, I don't think there's anything wrong with us in the media expecting Chris Jones to be who he said he was going to be. It wasn't just us hyping up Chris Jones. Chris Jones is the one that also came out and said that he was going to produce at the defensive end and that he played defensive end in college and that he was going to be able to be successful at this position. Um, And if I tell you I'm going to do something, then it's okay if as the media, we expect you to do what you said you were going to do, you know, and when you don't to call you out on it. Um, And with Willie Gay availability, man, I mean, it's the same thing with Frank Clark. You can't help the team if you're not on the field. And I know that he's had a bit of bad luck and it's still early in his career and maybe he can turn things around and get on the field and really be a contributor. But if you're not available to be on the field, it's the same thing with Derwin James. I mean, Chargers fans have to be, you know, up the wall right now about it. If you're not on the field, you can't help your team. I want to key in on the secondary here for a second where, and I haven't seen uh, official post-game snap counts or anything like that yet. Uh, We'll get those to you guys as soon as we have them. But this secondary was without Charvarius Ward. Rashad Fenton also left the game with a concussion and did not return. Legereus Need looked good today, especially against the run, had his moments where uh, a couple of catches against where Keenan Allen just made insane catches and Sneed was in total lockdown back pocket coverage, but Keenan Allen still made absurd plays and there's just Nothing you could do about that better if you're Legereus Need. That's just the way football goes sometimes. But DeAndre Baker did make some plays, and I know he had the penalty at the end of the game, but he did make some plays in this game where at one point I was feeling a little bit more confident in this chief secondary until they started going to Mike Williams, and Mike Williams just started breaking off long gains on the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you look at you know, the situation they're in with the injuries and then the players who had to come in off the bench. You know, Baker did look good with the exception of that P.I. and Sneed looked good with the exception of his P.I. Um, but Hughes got beat terribly on his touchdown that he gave up. And Sorensen was out of position multiple times again today. Um, they talk about Sorensen being a cerebral player and that's why he's on the field. I'm not seeing it. On the, on the field. I mean, yeah, maybe you're smart eight plays out of 10, but those two, those two where you're not smart, you're really not smart right now. And even at the end of the half, when he broke up that long pass by Justin Herbert, he was out of position and he had to scramble to go back and make that play. If he's in position yeah. on that play, he could get an interception. It, that ball was in the air forever. Uh, I thought um, the exact same thing. And I was like, you know, everybody's going to look at that play and see like, oh, Dan recovered. And it's like, no, he was out of position to begin with. Yeah. He's just lucky Herbert put a little too much air under it and it hung up there yeah. long enough for him to get back up to the receiver. It's, I don't understand what's going on with Juan Thornhill. I, I just do not understand it because we know at the very least, 
Yeah, he's probably not as good a tackler as Dan is, although Dan keeps missing tackles left and right. So maybe he is at this point. Uh, He can't be worse, I don't think. But we know for a fact that he's more athletic and that he's got to be able to play better in coverage. And we're seeing this week after week now where Dan is out of position multiple times a game, where you can point to multiple key moments in a football game and say Dan Sorensen didn't give you what you needed. And that's a serious, serious problem. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what it's going to take for them to just say, okay, well, we got to see what's going on with Juan now. We got to see what Juan can give us because Dan's just not the answer there. And it feels like I think this Chiefs team and I think the defense, you know, the talk of, oh, this is 2018 all over again. I think that's... We're, we're rushing a little bit to get to that conclusion because I still don't believe this defense can be as bad as that 2018 defense. I think there's just too much top-heavy talent on this particular defense. But it is starting to feel like maybe we wrote it out a little too long on that side of the ball with depth guys like Dan Sorensen, like Anthony Hitchens, like Frank Clark. And I'm not, and I understand that you know, you got to look at those contracts and see what guys you could get out of. You could cer- certainly have got cut ties with Dan Sorensen this offseason, but they chose to bring him back because they like him and he continues to be the starter over Juan Thornhill. And it continues to be totally baffling for me. Well, and I think you just said it right there. You hit the nail on the head. They like him, they like Ben Neiman, they like Juan Thornhill. And I want to talk forgive me, Dan Sorensen. Um, and Andy Reid and Steve Spagnolo know more about football than you or I ever will. They got the hardware to prove it. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're infallible in their opinions. And I think with specifically with Dan Sorensen, Steve Spagnolo has made up his mind that he likes Dan Sorensen and he thinks Dan Sorensen is a good football player and he's a smart football player. And to get somebody who's that smart and that good at their job to move off of their opinion of something is an extremely difficult thing to do, I think. And I think as a result of it, Juan Thornhill is suffering and the, and the Chiefs defense is suffering. I think Pete said it best earlier this week when he said, for my money, I roll with a high upside on athletic talent every single time. You know, I think that it's going to play out because especially when you're smart, your guy who's supposed to be the smart football player, isn't necessarily playing smart. Your guy is supposed to be a sound tackler. Isn't ex- isn't necessarily being a sound tackler. Then what is he offering the defense right now? You know, at least with Thornhill, we know he might make some mistakes, but he's also going to make the diving interceptions that Dan Sorensen will never make in his career. He's never going to get to that spot. He's never going to close in on a defender with the same speed that Juan Thornhill will. And I think, yes, yeah, spread that out of out over sixteen games, and Juan Thornhill is going to give you more on the field than Sorensen will. I think the biggest difference so far this season, and we talked about it a lot last regular season with this Kansas City football team, where I thought all year long last year, it felt like they weren't putting it all together. Like they were kind of sleepwalking through the regular season because they were just so good and they were so much better than everybody else last year that it didn't matter. They could still win football games. And that's how I felt about them all throughout the regular season. Now, this feels like something else. This is, I don't know if we need to have a, uh, you know, a locker room sit down. I don't know if we need to have conversations, but this seems like a team that is just not on the same page right now, whether it's the sloppy turnovers on three consecutive drives to open the football game whether it's miscues along the offensive line, which had its struggles today uh, against a solid Chargers front, or what we're seeing week after week now, it feels like the defense just having total miscommunication breakdowns. Like, that isn't all on Spags. That's not all on the coaching staff. Some of that blame deserves to go on the players because we're seeing it Now, in every game this year, we've seen total miscommunications on the defensive side of the ball by the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm a little bit more lenient with the offensive line because I think they need time to figure things out. They haven't been quite as dominant as we were hoping early in the year. But again, I think that takes time to work itself out. I think that can get better 
as the season goes on. But this defense was supposed to be the veteran-led defense where you could rely on them to make plays or at least just not have total miscommunication breakdowns over and over again. And that continues to be a huge issue. And I don't know how you fix that, to be completely honest, because they got Tyron Matthew back. You know, Week one, I was like, well, it's Tyron Matthew. It's because he's not on the field. And then last week, it was the same thing with Tyron Matthew on the field. And then again this week. So I don't even know how you fix it at this point. I mean... I think, like you said, it's a really it's a really top heavy defensive roster, and I mean, Brett Veach he he made his name by being the guy that identified Patrick Mahomes. Um, what he's also kind of making his name for right now is being the guy who's giving contracts to defensive players that are hindering their ability to go out and sign deaf pieces. Um, the Frank Clark money right now, with him not being on the field and him not producing. And the Jaron Reed money with him not producing, if you spread that money out and get some depth pieces, you're probably going to get the same production or more production, I think, over the course of the season. And at some point, if this if this roster um, doesn't step up and it doesn't start producing, um, it doesn't start communicating with each other, it's fair to take a look at the scouting department and look at the players that they're bringing in and saying, okay, well, why – why are we struggling so much to find talent that actually performs on Sunday? Um, I don't think that, you know, Colin Saunders or Derek Nadi, I think they're good players, but are they good enough? I don't know. Right now I'd have to say, no, they're not based on the product that's on the field. And they did open the game with that quick three and out and they looked faster and, you know, like they were ready to roll and have a big day. And then it all just kind of broke down again. And yeah, you can say some of that's on Spags. I don't know why Spags isn't making like big time adjustments or putting Juan Thornhill into the football game. But we saw him do a lot of that stuff last season. Uh, I know Juan Thornhill didn't get the opportunities that we won in last season, they said he was still recovering or whatever and getting healthy, but we saw Spags do a lot of creative things on the defensive side of the ball that we just haven't seen this season. And I don't know what's going on there. I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, Spags talked to the media earlier this week and basically gave this like long five minute opening statement saying, I'm not going to answer any of your questions about the defense. Uh, we're trying to fix it. We're trying to get better as we go. So it's a continued problem. And where the offensive line is something that I think can get better and something that I have confidence that you can fix and address as the season goes on, I am starting to seriously worry about this defense and how you find a way to fix what's going on here. Because it just doesn't seem to be getting that much better after those first couple of drives. And the offense certainly didn't help anything uh, by turning the football over on three consecutive drives, but you gotta just not, you gotta be worried about this defense and you got, you gotta be worried about the direction that they're headed. Uh, I want to talk about Clyde Edwards, Alaire real quick, you know, obviously, had the early game fumble this week, had the fumble that cost them the game last week, but he bounced back with a nice football game today. Like Clyde was outside of Kelsey, the chief's most productive player on offense this afternoon. And I loved what I saw from Clyde. Now the Chargers are a good matchup. They had given up the third most rushing yards in the NFL headed into this football game. They've struggled to slow opposing rushing attacks. And we thought the chiefs should be able to run the ball this season and they actually used Clyde a little bit in the passing game. He had a receiving touchdown today. So you want to see all of that stuff, but what I felt good about with Clyde and, you know, I, I'm not trying to get into how I feel about Clyde uh, totally long-term as a starting running back, because I think there's a lot of opinions out there about it. Listen, Clyde's their starting running back. He's not going anywhere. And that was proven today because after the fumble, there was a lot of let's see Jarek McKinnon. Let's see what uh, let's see what Daryl can do in there because we don't think Clyde's got it. And Clyde came back strong. And I was actually happy that Andy Reid and the coaching staff stuck with him and said, "No, he's the dude. He's our guy. 
We're going to give him every opportunity to contribute to this offense. And he did. He came back out and he was strong and it was one of his better games is a chief. It was one of it was one of the best games he's played prior to his injury at the end of last season. Yeah, no. Um I think you know you say minus the fumble today, Clyde Edwards Alaire had an excellent game. Unfortunately, you can't minus the fumble. You know, it's part of his game that he put together today. Um, I see Clyde Edwards Hilaire right now a lot like I see, not in the same, they're not the same level of athlete, not even the same runner, but early in Jamal Char- Charles's career. He was a very talented running back, very high upside, and he had a ball control problem. He was fumbling the ball, and Herm Edwards told him, listen, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you put the ball on the ground, you can't get on the field for my team, you know? And very shortly after that, Jamal Charles stopped having a fumbling problem. He made an emphasis on holding on to the ball. I think you saw that after this fumble that Clyde edwards Lair had today, he was two hands on the ball every single time that some guy was near near him. He had two hands on the ball every single rush leading up to the fumble today, but the problem was is that he put his hand down on the ground to try to pivot and get extra yards, and he took that second hand off the ball with his fumble. And The second he took that second hand off the ball, he got it knocked out, and I think that was a learning a learning lesson for him that at that moment, you already got a good game. Just go down, live to fight another day. Yeah, and he was hugging the football after that. He said, after that, I'm not losing this football again today. And so I was really thrilled to see that bounce back game from Clyde. Um, I do want to talk about the first interception that Patrick Mahomes threw because there's this narrative or storyline immediately after a play where Mahomes no looked it to Marcus Kemp. It was a little bit behind him. Marcus Kemp deflected the ball, uh, went straight to Asante Samuel Jr., who, who made a fantastic interception play on the ball. But that is not Patrick Mahomes' fault. I, I'm sorry. I understand, yeah, he could have let him a little bit more. Maybe if he didn't know, look it, he would have. But as far as I'm concerned, Marcus Kemp, if you're going to be on the football field, you got to be ready to catch it at all times when Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. And – Part of the reason Mahomes does that is one, he can, and I want to watch him do that because it's cool and it's fun to watch and I can't do that. So I like watching people do incredible things on the football field, but he does that as well because it makes the defense guess what's about to happen. The defender wasn't able to close on the football and it gave him an extra half second to throw the football to Marcus Kemp because he no looked it to Marcus Kemp. Marcus Kemp has to be ready for that football at all times. So that's on Marcus as far as I'm concerned. So this idea that, oh, he, sh- he doesn't need to be messing around. He doesn't need to be no looking. No, I think that's ridiculous. That's an advantage. That's something you can supply on the football field that only like maybe one other person in the world can do. And so that's an advantage. I don't want Patrick Mahomes to stop no looking the football because Marcus Kemp couldn't catch the ball. No, I agree 100%. You're an NFL wide receiver. It, it, it shouldn't have to be directly on your numbers for you, in order for you to bring it in. That was well within his catch radius. Um, nobody ever blamed Steve Nash for when he did a no-look pass that hit the guy in the hands and they dropped it. You know, I mean, it's it's not on Mahomes. If, he, if that ball hit him in the hands, you need to catch it. You're an NFL wide receiver. I understand that you haven't been on the field a lot and maybe you weren't ready for it, but you're on the field. You got to be ready for it. You know, if you if you get caught sleeping, then that's on you. You know, so. Yeah, it's again, the offensive issues, the turnovers. Yes, all of that stuff just piled up today. And the second interception is on Patrick Mahomes. The first one's not. I'm blaming that one on Marcus Kemp. I refuse to put that first one on Patrick Mahomes because I think Patrick Mahomes put Marcus Kemp in a good situation to make a play, even if the ball was just a little bit behind him. Like you just got to make that play, Marcus. You only get so many opportunities a game. You, you can't, you can't drop that football and you can't be the reason that you turn over the ball early in the football game when the chiefs were moving. And that was the problem all day today. You know, the chiefs were moving the football all throughout the first half and then the turnovers And then all of a sudden you're headed into halftime down and you got to play from behind again. And obviously there, 
much better suited than a lot of teams in the NFL to do that. But can we just get a regular football game, Rocky? Like, can we can we just get a regular football game where the Kansas City Chiefs play four full quarters and dominate from start to finish? Because these uh these games that come down to the last second through the three weeks of the season, that puts us behind here at Arrowhead Pride. All right, I love doing this stuff. I love my job. I, I love covering the Chiefs for you guys. But can we just get a regular football game for once? Can we just get a Chiefs like 35 to 10 victory already? Because I'm getting pretty tired of these games that come down to the final 60 seconds. No, 100%. And you're right. That uh, interception was on Mahomes 100%. But, I mean, the team put him in the situation where he had to try to do. I don't ever want to say Mahomes is trying to do too much because with the generational talent like Mahomes is, he's never trying to do too much. Ah, perfect timing. Patrick Mahomes uh, just stepped up to the podium to chat with the media after the Chiefs loss against the Los Angeles Chargers. So let's head out to Arrowhead Stadium and hear from Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, everybody's, I'm not going to say down, but everybody's not happy with how we played. Um, it's uh, when you take a loss to a division opponent uh, at home, uh, it's not usually a good thing. We haven't done a lot of that in my time here. Um, so it's just how you respond. I mean, we got a long season ahead of us. Uh, it looks real dim right now, but, but uh, it, you, if you can find a way to get better from this and find a way to win these games at the end of the games, uh, we'll be where we want to at the end of the season. What's your level of concern with the way things played out the last two weeks and what those things will be long-lasting? I mean, not a lot. I mean, we scored 24 points with four turnovers. I mean, you're not going to win games with four turnovers in this league. Um, we were moving the ball the way we wanted to, uh, and we, we got ourselves back in the game and gave ourselves a chance at the end. So there's not a much concern. It's just about, about going in and putting in the work every single week. Uh, yeah, I mean, he came in and talked to us, um, and uh, he, he, seemed, he seemed fine. So that's all I really know. No, not, not at all. I mean, he, he seemed fine on the sideline as well. No, I mean, it was just misconnection. Um, he rolled out, and he was about to – I thought he was about to roll, like, kind of towards the sideline. I was going to throw it up with him, and he usually is pretty good at jumping up and catching those. Um, and then right when I threw it, he kind of cut back, and it's one of those things where I probably shouldn't throw it, uh, especially in that situation. But there's been many times we've, we've made that work and, and made a big play on it. We just held on to the ball, and I didn't throw an interception. I mean, there, every play didn't change the game plan at all. All we did was hold on to it. We were moving the ball the first four, um, so we just held on to the football, and we got points. Yeah, what are you saying? I see it when I believe it. Justin Herbert. What do you see from I guess I believe it. That's all you can say. Yeah, I mean, the mood never really changed. Um, like I kind of said, I mean, we were moving the football. We just weren't executing when we got to the red zone. Um, the play that I threw to Kemp, just, a, I mean, a tad behind him, and it kind of popped up in the air and got an interception. Probably if he catches it, probably is a touchdown. Uh, the, the run that uh, Clyde had, um, he, he makes a guy miss, makes a great run, got spun weird, the ball comes out. Uh, you throw the ball to Tyreek, who never fumbles, and he gets the ball perfectly hit at the perfect time to fumble. So, I mean, it's not like... Uh, we weren't doing things the right way like we always do. Um, we just aren't, We just didn't execute whenever it came down to it. And uh, in this league, when you're playing teams like them, like the Chargers, they're a good football team. If you don't execute, uh, you don't win football games. Patrick, yeah. uh, this is the first time you've been in last place in the division since you've been in. No way of knowing for sure how this team's going to respond, but what's your sense in that Yeah, I mean, I think, we're, I think we'll be ready for the challenge um, really early in the season. Obviously, we haven't had many of these kind of – we haven't had any since I've, I've been uh, playing quarterback here. We're behind uh, all these teams in our division. Um, 
but the bright spot is we got a long season to go, so it's just going to be how we respond and how we we go to work every single day. Yeah, I mean, I think we're getting better. I mean, um, if you if you watched us, I thought the offense played good other than the turnovers. I thought the defense stepped up and played and really kept us in that game for a long time there. Um, and um, I think we're getting better as a as a as a unit. I mean, it's it's this this game. It, it's a it's a tricky deal. I mean, if you don't play your best football every single week, you're going to lose. Um, every team has NFL players. Every team is good. Um, and so I think we're getting better. We'll find ourselves. Uh, we'll find ourselves over over time. And uh, with the guys we have in this locker room, I'm sure we'll find ways to win. Todd, Patrick, the one play where you fumbled, they they hit you pretty hard on that scramble. Take me through what it was like at the bottom of that pile. Yeah, I wouldn't much. I, I mean, I, I probably should have slid. Like everybody told me, I probably should have slid, but I was trying to score a touchdown. Um, it wasn't that that uh, the hit that hurt me. I just fell directly on the football, which is a good thing and a bad thing. So I, I kind of the breath. I just lost my breath, but I was on it the entire time. Um, you looked a little bit sore after that, that play. Are you feeling okay now? Yeah, I feel fine. I couldn't breathe at the time. I was trying to kind of catch my breath, and when you. When you full weight of you and the guy behind you falls directly with the football on your in your stomach, it usually doesn't feel too good. Yeah. You know with the, you know the pick with um, where you were trying to find Travis Kelsey, was that one of these moments where you guys were improvising and it just like I just wonder if you can elaborate on that? Yeah, it, it's, that's what it was. I mean, if you look, he kind of rolls to the right, and he kind of he saw me. Uh, we we actually kind of talked about it. He saw me kind of reset, and usually when I reset, he kind of cuts back, and I usually find him. That's where we saw the touchdown in Baltimore last week. But I, at, this, at the exact time I was releasing it, he kind of went the reset. I mean, that's, I mean, it happens. I mean, obviously we want to take care of the football uh, in that situation. Um, but we've made a lot of big plays happen in my career on that, so I'll never lose that kind of part of me. All right, thanks, Pat. Thank you. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes speaking with the media after the Chiefs lost to the Los Angeles Chargers. They fall to one and two on the season. Uh, we will see how the rest of the division winds up shaking out uh, over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, Rocky, the Chiefs have a lot of things they got to figure out. And the schedule doesn't really get easier. I mean, we know that it's a it's a tough schedule when you're the two-time defending AFC champions. You don't really get lucky with the schedule draw in the NFL. So they got a lot of things they still got to work on here in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, like Mahomes alluded to, he's got to stop taking those shots. Um, the offensive line didn't do him any any um, any favors in a couple of in a couple of those plays where he he really took some licks from Joey Bosa and then on that run. But yeah, it doesn't get any easier moving forward. Um, I'm honestly concerned about the Eagles. Uh, you, it, it, this looks like a trap game. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, if you're going to have some talk about probably who the second most mobile quarterback right now in the NFL is behind Lamar Jackson, it's Jalen Hurts, you know. And if I'm and if I'm the Eagles, I'm looking at the Ravens tape and I'm making a lot of and I'm making a lot of notes, you know, because I could see them coming out and trying to run some of the same zone run concepts that that the Ravens had a lot of success with. Um, and the, the defense, I, I hope Spags and the defense come out ready for it. Yeah, we can definitively say that at least for the upcoming week, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be last place in the AFC at one and two. Chargers at two and one. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders and Denver Broncos both two and zero. Oh, they're playing right now. Broncos are up ten to nothing on the Jets, and the Raiders are trailing the Miami Dolphins fourteen to two at the moment. So. We got you updated here at arrowheadpride.com. Make sure you're locked in all week long as we'll have stuff coming out all throughout the week. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We got a ton of great content coming out for you each and every week. And tomorrow, our guys, Out of Structure Podcast, Ron Kopp, Matt Stagner, every Monday afternoon, they've got the immediate reaction day after the Chiefs game with some breakdowns as well as your Chiefs mailbag to take a deep dive on what happened in this game today and why the Kansas City Chiefs lost and currently find themselves with the worst record in the AFC West. Again, 
Uh, please make sure you're locked into arrowheadpride.com. We need some five-star reviews from you guys. And I do want to take a minute to thank you guys before we get out of here. We did just announce yesterday, today, or this month, September, the opening month of the NFL season, has been the most downloaded and listened to month in the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network history. So we do very much appreciate everything that you guys do for us, and we very much appreciate you guys listening and subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Uh, If you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you stay tuned afterwards. We'll have all of the Chiefs post-game press conferences immediately following the podcast. So with with that, uh, I mean, let's, uh, let's figure some things out. Kansas City. Rocky, do you have any final thoughts as we head into the week where the Chiefs will for sure be the last team in the AFC West? I think that as we have our division opponents coming up more throughout the season, you really got to clean things up. If you'd make these same mistakes against the Denver Broncos defense, it's going to be a good night. You're not even going to be close at the end of the game because they're going to pounce on top of you and they're not going to give you a chance to come back. Yeah, like, like I said in my final thought, I still have faith that there's no way this defense is as bad as the 2018 defense. And they did figure out a couple of things today that made you feel a little bit better about them headed into next week. But obviously that's in a losing effort. So a lot of it kind of feels hollow when you sit down and think about it, because at the end of the day, you got to win football games in the NFL and the chiefs did not do that today. I still have faith that the Kansas City Chiefs are a Super Bowl contending team. I still think that they're a very talented team. I believe definitively that the Chiefs are clearly not the top team in the NFL. It it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. And there's reason to think that there's some other teams in the AFC that could give the Chiefs problems the way they've looked through three games this season. But I still have confidence they can get some of that stuff figured out. And I think they will. So we'll leave you with that. Uh, Make sure you're locked in. Uh, for the po- post-game podcast, as soon as we get this up, we'll have all the post-game press conferences immediately following the show. And make sure you're locked in tomorrow for the Out of Structure podcast with Ron Kopp and Matt Stagner. Please follow Rocky Magania on Twitter, at Rocky Magania. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you guys for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. As I promised, we do have the rest of the post-game press conferences right here. Uh, But I do want to make note, James Palmer of NFL Network tweeted out immediately following the Chiefs game. Kansas City Chiefs announced Andy Reid was feeling ill, so he did not address the media out of caution. I can confirm he left the stadium in an ambulance. Players didn't know he wasn't feeling well and were told he should be okay. Everything is pointing towards the Chiefs taking every precaution. 
Hopefully that's nothing too serious with Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. We'll continue to update you on that situation at arrowheadpride.com. But let's finish things up with the Chiefs post-game press conferences. Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire spoke with the media, as well as linebacker Anthony Hitchens and special teams coordinator Dave Tobe. We'll kick things off with running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Man, you know, uh, you know, it's just it's, it's completely, we just lost, you know. So it's not going to be a, you know, upbeat or, or just happy, but it's, it's understanding that, you know, from the offensive standpoint, we can't turn the ball over, and it's, 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 it's just that simple. I mean, four turnovers in a game is, is completely um, unreasonable just for us, uh, and, and we, we completely understand that. So, you know, it's supposed to hurt because, you know, this is, this is our profession, and this is what we do, and we want to come out with a W. But, you know, ultimately we, we watch the film and see what we can get corrected. Um, and right now we know it's, it's, it's turnovers. We kind of beat ourselves beat ourselves up and uh, you know as as far as everything that I that I feel and everything that I seen you know from the offensive standpoint turnovers is what killed us oh you know we don't we don't go into the game saying you know this is we going just give you the ball, you know, and, and you're supposed to go out there and do what you should do. It's it's the game plan. We go out there and we execute, and the things that's open, we continue to run, and the things that's not, you know, we we don't run. Uh, you know, it's a call sheet with over two, three hundred plays. So ultimately, we 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 know what we can run as far as any coverages or or anything that we see. Uh, so the run game was working, so we ultimately kind of stuck with it in, in, in some points of the game. And you know, at the, at the time, I had the high hand, so we kind of just kept rolling with it. Uh, well, two different runs, two two different ways. I, I actually fumbled the ball, so uh, you know, the the today was was actually I was on the way down, um, kind of rolled up on the guy, not really knowing what was going on, and I ended up getting hit from the back. So uh, didn't really see the defender coming, so I really couldn't tell you. Uh, but that's that's pretty much it. From who? Um, as far as you, he came in halftime and kind of gave us his, his, oh yeah, he, he, we, we talked, I mean, he came in and I know he had, I probably had like an on-field interview or, or whatever after the game. And then he came in and pretty much, I mean, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be over the top as far as him getting on, you know, it, we are professionals. We know what we did wrong. We all know what, you know, what we need to get corrected. So, um, you know, he comes in, gives us, he, Ultimately, tell us. I mean, it's it's not necessarily going to be all right, but it's the it's the things that we can get fixed that that can make it all right. Um, and and that's what we need to go in and and you know go in and, and handle tomorrow. That's just what it is. Um, watch the film tonight and see what we can get corrected and come in tomorrow and and handle our business. Well, I mean, that's what he's asking is the coach didn't come in here after the game because they said he wasn't feeling very well. Did you notice anything after the game? I mean, y'all, y'all telling me some news that I that I just got. So I'm sorry for not completely uh, answering the question. So I'm sorry, my bad. I mean, I got picked up by my teammates, but I mean, I go out there and play my game. Uh, I've always told my coaches, always told everybody who. Who I communicate with when I when I put my helmet on, um, that's my time to kind of be myself and be me. And you know, think things happen. So fumbles gonna happen. I'm going. I'm, I play running back. I'm gonna get the ball. I mean, it's not you're not gonna not gonna have your whole career with no fumbles. Uh, and it, it, it felt like that last year, but came to a complete halt within the last two weeks. But it's 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 really about how you respond, man. And and I mean, just just my whole life. Uh, not not the longest life so far, but I, I probably had some some trials and tribulations. That's that's more you know, that's a little tougher than than than, than the normal individual. So uh, as far as me bouncing back from something like that, I mean I, I'm not gonna say it's just a game. It's, it's it's my likelihood. But like I say, when I put my helmet on, that's that's my time to be me. Right. <laughs> 
be ourselves. And and I mean, you can watch a film. Anybody can watch a film. Y'all will see that we obviously beat ourselves. And and just going out there and just trying to execute. Uh, you know, looking the ball in, having two hands on the ball. It's those small, finite details that's 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 that, that hurt us. Um, like we say, it's a game of inches, and and it's gonna be those small things that we see on film that you know a, a step here, a step there that 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 we feel like will make the difference. And you know, just to say we had four turnovers, to say it still kind of came down to the wire like that, it shows that you know we kicked ourselves in the. You know, and, and we just got to step up from that from that situation and, and not turn the ball over. And it sounds like a broken record, but but we understand that's that's just what we have to do. Um, you know, to to account for years before that, I mean, like last year, it, it you know it, it felt felt good. Uh, you know, it it felt like we. We are the most explosive offense, and, and, and that's just what we feel. We feel that way. Um, I wouldn't say people really figured us out. It's the fact that, like I said, we, we have four turnovers, man, and, and if we don't have the four turnovers, I feel like this is a completely different outcome in the game and completely different feeling in this room. So uh, that's, just, that's just what it is. Does that change the way you guys look at this team? You guys are in last place in the AFC West. That's what they're all going to be saying nationally. What, I mean, as Yeah, I mean any 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 loss is a gut punch. We could have been playing a any any team and having an L on your record is not is not why we do it, man. Um, you know, I always say the, the the two most important letters in this in this game is a W and a L and if you're not receiving W's then obviously you're getting L's and that's just not a good feeling. Um complete competitor. Uh, that's that's what everybody is in 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 our room and, and in his organization and you know being being on a losing end right now is is it's not the best feeling but it's 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 always a gut punch and really understanding what can I do to not really not have this feeling uh, in the future and and it's about knowing what you can do as far as to correct it be a professional go in and get the job done and and make it happen next week. Uh, no, not really. I haven't. I didn't really see the whole play, uh, but uh, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, we can't change the call or anything like that. So. Did they call on or yeah, I think it was a holding on them. Uh, I think they called a holding. Uh, I'm not sure if it's. I don't think it was a passing interference. I think it was a holding because they only got five yards. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it is what it is. We got to live with it. Uh, go back to work uh, here on Tuesday. What's it like when you guys uh, seem like everybody's going to go for a lot of fourth downs? That's what the world is now. Mm -hmm. Were you surprised at that spot when they were going to go fourth and five, and then they didn't care to go fourth and ten? Uh, to be honest, that's what we were expecting now. Uh, teams are doing everything possible to not put the ball back in Pat's hands, and sometimes you got to go for it on fourth down, and we realized that. And and I, my def like for us, I think we had a pretty good call, and we had pretty tight coverage. I mean, that's all you can ask for on, uh, on fourth downs. So. Uh yeah, and that and that, for the points, the points only matters when you win. You know, uh, it's okay to get, if you give up forty and, and lose, it's, it's you done no good. You, it's whatever we can do to win the game. So uh, I'm I'm sure when Spags was saying that it's a. If we came out last week with a win, it'd have been okay. If we gave up that many points, if we came out with a win with this one, so at the end of the day, it's about winning and losing. Uh, points it matters, but it really doesn't. So uh, we gave up too many points today and lost. So that's how we look at it. It's either did you win or lose, and we lost. And you mentioned giving up points, and here we are, three games in. I'm sure you're going to want to review the tape. But what do you think are some of the issues? Yeah, uh, it's a lot of things. Uh, I mean, and that was our goal this year is to get better. So it's, that's a little frustrating. Uh, focusing on that all off season, OTAs and camp, and three straight games, and 
uh, teams are scoring seven points down there. So uh, we just got to get it fixed some way, somehow. Uh, now our coaches are going to be digging in the film and self-scouting and things like that for this week. So we got to get it right. Uh, I'm one of the leaders on this defense, so I'll be the first one to say, look, I, I messed up. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'm just trying to get it right so we can win. Because um, if you think about it, if you get down there and you give up three points versus you know seven, that's a four-point uh, swing. So if the team gets down there three times, that could be a different ball game out there. So, um, yeah, we got to try to give up three instead of seven, you know. So what are the issues here? Uh, I mean, there's not just – you can't just point paint uh, one. I, I just think – I can't talk for other position groups. Uh, I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, it's the DBs or D-line. All I can say as the linebackers, we got to continue to be downhill in the red zone and match our coverage a little tighter. So I'm not going to speak on other positions besides my own. Pitch, what did you see from uh, Justin Herbert today, especially the connection with Mike Williams and their ability to be on the same page? What's that? What did you see from specifically Justin Herbert today, especially the connection with Mike Williams and their ability to be on the same page? Yeah, uh, I mean, he's a good young quarterback. Uh, he's got a lot of upside, uh, big, tall, strong, strong arm. So, I mean, we knew we had our, our hands full. Our conference is, is tough. Uh, in my opinion, it's one of the best in, in, in the league. So. Uh, every every time we have a conference game, we, we really got to like amp it up a little more. So uh, hats off to them, and they did a good job uh, coming in and having a good game plan and executing it, and, and you know just us, uh, out execute us at the uh, at the end. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're we've been here before, uh, like you said, but we was on the other side of just winning. Uh, but yeah, it, it is a little frustrating when when it comes down to uh, one possession, you know, every week, and we we don't capitalize, you know, as a team, not just one play here or one play there. So it's as a team. So yeah, I just think we just got to keep grinding away. Uh, the, the years before we won the Super Bowl and went to the Super Bowl, we won those close games. So that's just showed you how small the margin is in the NFL. Every game's come down in one possession. Uh, we just found it a way to win. So, I mean, we'd we be all right. Uh, we're just going to go back and start grinding and uh, get on this win streak, and then uh, all this stuff will be behind us, man. We, we're, we're just grinding away, uh, working, and to, just to get back on that, that winning side. Yeah. Was Yeah, uh, so I, they they hurried up on us on on, on two of them. Uh, they did a late substitution, and uh, the rules is we should have we should be able to sub, right? And uh, obviously they didn't see that part. They subbed real quick, and by the time we didn't give us a chance to sub, so by the time we did, a lot of guys went on the same page. So I mean, as the middle linebacker, uh, I take fault in all those just because I'm the one setting everybody up. Uh, if I don't get a call from Spags, I need to get a call out there so we can play something, you know. So, I mean, I'd be the first one to say uh, I will be better in the future, uh, get my guys ready in the red zone quicker and anticipate. Because once teams see this, they're going to just copycat. That's what most teams do. So uh, I'll be ready next week if the uh, Eagles try to come out fast in the red zone. Pitch, I know uh, after a loss, it's uh, what we do wrong, we did this wrong, mm-hmm. we did that wrong. Yeah, I just think as uh, I mean, we stopped the stopped the run pretty well today, and uh, without using the eighth defender, we we had a lot of seven man boxes and, and stopping the run. So I think that was a plus. But uh, uh, I think they came out wanting to run the ball, and we we talked them out of that very early. So uh, we just got to you know. Keep working on that too, man. That's, I mean, all I can say is just keep working because next week the Eagles, uh, I think they're top in the lead and running the ball as well. So uh, we're just going to have to go back to work and, you know, just keep working. That's all you can do. Uh, ignore all the noise. Keep working. Just keep stay focused. It's a long season. They added an extra game. So we're in for the long run. So we signed up for this. We'd be all right. Anthony, I know you've been through these situations for you guys in the locker room, is it better to be emotional, maybe frustrated or angry after a stretch like this, or is it better to stay kind of even keel and just keep 
keep working on the things you can control. Which, which do you think helps you guys get going? Yeah, I think everyone's different. Uh, we get a day off tomorrow, so, I mean, if your emotions are high or low, you can express it out the way you want. Uh, me, I'm very even-killed. Uh, win or lose, bad game, good game. I'm always looking forward to the next week and getting better. Uh, so... I think everyone uses it a different way. But at the end of the day, when it comes to Tuesday and we're in the building, we just got to go to work. Uh, but, yeah, for me, I'm just even-killed. Uh, win, lose, you know, play good or play bad, uh, there's always room for improvement. Okay, thanks, Hitch. Everybody, that was a tough one. I thought the guys played hard, very hard. It's really hard to overcome four turnovers. I think that was the story of the game. Uh, offense, defense, special teams, everybody played hard. Floor is yours. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No question. I mean, Clyde had over 100 yards, I believe. Right. I mean, that was. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, uh, yeah. We we always want to establish a run. We thought we could move the ball. I mean, obviously that way we did. I mean, we were knocking them off the ball, but we just. Uh, you, know, you can't. You gotta. You gotta secure the football. You know, turnovers, uh, you know, in the NFL, I mean, it shows. I mean, every time you get you get a team that loses the turnover battle is going to lose. And we had four of them, and we're still in the game. I mean, I, I think it says a lot about our team. Our guys are down right now, obviously. Uh, you know, this one hurts. Um, everybody's going to bounce back, and, and we're going to have a real good week this week. From my vantage point, I mean, <laughs> uh, it was hard. It was hard to tell. I mean, you'd have to go back and look at the tape to really, to, to really see it. You know, it was a bang bang play. Um, it's just unfortunate. I mean, those things happen. I mean, it, those things go both ways. Coach, you talk to the hey, team. Hey, hold, hold, excuse me. Which, Are you aware that they called that on Baker? Is that who they called that penalty on? It, it seemed to be unclear. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure either. I'm not sure. Coach, who talked to the team afterwards? Was Coach Reed? Coach, yes, yes, Coach. Coach, it was it was the same message. You know, he just just wasn't feeling well after that. He did talk to the team, which was was which was a good talk. Uh, pretty much, uh, I reiterated what, exactly what he said. Uh, you know, turnovers. You can't. You got to overcome the turnovers. We can't. We got to quit the turnovers. And it's not about effort. I mean, our guys are playing hard. Uh, you know, that's not it at all. We just got to clean it up. We got to clean up our football, and you know, and that's that's where we that's where he left it. Yes. No, 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 not at all, not at all. I just think he just was feeling a little, little, little ill at the end, you know. And I, I think he's fine. You know, I think he's gonna be fine. Yeah, this is uh, this is unusual for us. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I mean, it's uh. You know, a little bit of a crossroads for us. I think our guys, I mean, we got great leadership, and, and our guys are going to battle back. Our guys are going to battle back strong, and we're going to have a great week of practice and, and, and uh, clean it up. We got to clean up the game, you know, to clean up the turnovers and, uh, you know, execute on the offensive side of the ball and, and uh, create turnovers on defense and stops on defense and, and play solid special teams, and we'll get back on track. You know that you've all been giving everybody the best effort through the last three years. I mean, you know, seeing that you know where you are now in this division, what's the message you want to be going forward? Right the ship. I mean, we haven't been here, uh, you know, recently, uh, but we've been there before. It's been a while, but uh, we got we got to get right back on the you know back in the win column again, and everything will be fine. I mean, I think that's what we need to do. All right, thank you. Thanks. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.